Hey Hashem, up in the air. Is it is that a is that a bird? Or is that a plane? <laughs> no, it's a bird on today's episode of Jump Cut. Welcome back. It's me, Leander, your co-host. And with me today is Hashem. As always. You know, we like to spice things up a little bit. Uh on today's episode of Jump Cut, the movie the podcast where we just talk about movies that we tangentially have seen every now and then usually ones we're rewatching. Uh, we're talking about Birdman uh Birdman. from 2014 vintage movie vintage. Old it's eight years yeah. old that's fucking yeah. disgusting surprisingly rated r i mean for all of two things and maybe some swearsies but like you know no great movie. i think it's like it deals with some heavy stuff i feel like as a child, you can't probably appreciate this movie, and you probably shouldn't watch it. I honestly don't think if I watched it as a kid, I would understand it. The storytelling is very rapid and quick, and you kind of have to be like dialed in to follow along with what's going on. Okay, you're right. Let, we'll get into it. I, I want to talk about stuff, but I don't want to talk about spoilers just yet. All right. But I, I, so, I, I get um, what you mean. What is the general consensus? I'm saying it's amazing. It's a very, very it's good movie. very good. I think, and I... Don't know if it's because I'm on a high from just watching a lot of good movies recently, but this is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life, and I completely <laughs> forgot how good it was. You know, honestly, when I was rewatching it, I was, I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised in very right? similar ways. I was like, "Holy shit, this is actually like the so writing is good. phenomenal, the fucking characterization and like the motivation. Everybody's so internally consistent in the plot, and like, yeah." rewarding there's payoffs there's i mean there's some frustrations with just like i don't know men men are shit in every movie but i agree and i'm not saying like actors wise the acting is phenomenal but just men phenomenal. in general men men are trash yo happy international women's day guys yeah for real seriously <laughs> uh but yeah for the most part i had a great time with this movie excellent I did time. too so um, what do you want to delve into first like what do you wait before we get into spoilers before that I want to talk yeah. about. I also don't know if I want to do an actual episode about this, but I want to talk about the bat, the Batman at some point. So okay, we can talk about it at the end. I don't see why okay. not. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So I think this spoilers movie... for the Batman at yeah. the end of the episode. We're gonna yeah. be jumping into that movie. We both saw it opening night, so we're kind of eager to dig into it a bit. I got me a limited edition Long Halloween comic. I'm I'm feeling lit right now. I'm feeling I'm feeling good. It's a good day to be a comic book fan. Yeah, so 50% of this podcast will be sponsored by DC. And by 50%, I mean Hashem <laughs> with their fucking tendrils in his pocket infecting his review of the movie. So take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, it's true. They did pay me off. I got exactly one comic book. <laughs> and could you believe it? That was double his usual payment. It was That's crazy. That's double because I usually get half a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Birdman. I want or... to talk about... Or, or oh, the unexpected or, yeah. virtue of ignorance. <laughs> a title which doesn't actually show up in the movie. No, it does. Or no, it does. On the does. Opening, opening screen, shot, it does, yeah. right? But it doesn't. Yeah, when you look up the movie or anything like that, like it's 50-50 whether or not that title shows up with it. But I believe the unexpected virtue of ignorance is the title of the play in the in the actual show. No, no. The, 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 the play is what we talk about when we talk about love. Oh, right. Yeah. Is that the name of the play? I want to say yes <laughs> i also think either it's way. not a play i i think it's either a novel or a short story because i don't yeah think i don't Raymond... even know the uh, the the writer who they're referencing when they're like oh you read person and uh, uh, raymond carver <laughs> raymond carver yeah i yeah. just know him from english class in high school um, uh -huh. he was just kind of a guy you know how there's a lot of like short stories in like american literature like a lot of the best not necessarily okay maybe not in general but like contemporary and like modern mm -hmm. age uh would it even be modern i feel like it's not even that modern it's like the 80s there's a lot of short stories Whatever. and he was one of the people that yeah. popularized it that's all i know i don't know any of his like works or anything like that <laughs> interesting yeah I don't, I don't know anything about him but i, I looking at his imdb he's credited as a writer on uh birdman which is kind of fun that's pretty funny but i don't anyway. think he he was probably dead by the time it came out i don't think so i mean oh maybe you're right 
Yeah, born he's, in he's... 1938. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. Either way, um, what I want to talk about with this movie is, like, I guess the supernatural parts of it. Because that is something that I didn't remember being such a prominent part yeah. of the movie until, like, the second I turned it back on. Like, the opening scene, right? Is him floating. After, it's, it's him floating, yeah, after some dialogue with two unknown characters, which is great by the way, because I feel like if you rewatch it and then you read what the characters are saying to one another, it's like really potent internal, like, you know, things about the fact that, um, our main guy, Riggin, like doesn't want to be forgotten in the grand scheme of the world. He wants to be famous. And like, I don't know. I like that a lot, but he starts off floating. I think it's very interesting. I, so like, what did you interpret that to mean? Okay. It's weird because I think the okay we're 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 already in spoilers. Uh, we don't have to, but yeah, let's let's say it just to be safe. If you haven't just, seen Birdman, yeah. you definitely should go watch it. I honestly and and it's like one of those movies where you know it's if you're a fan of good media, <laughs> you should watch it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's also shot in one take. I put that in air quotes because I think there was probably like, you know, some false cuts here and there, which I think is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was going to say about the supernatural stuff is every time he is angrier or every time he's having like a burst of emotions, he starts to do the whole telekinetic shit. But at the start, mm-hmm. he's literally just chilling and he's having an internal monologue and like later on you you like kind of key in that it was probably between Birdman his like psyche and Riggin himself if that makes sense right so and those I like don't know what to make of on it on screen sort of thing yeah yeah i don't know what to make of it at all it's like surprisingly comedic with how it does that though because the fact that this guy has supernatural powers does not play into the central plot very heavily like maybe it affects some of the actions but it's not about someone with supernatural powers like that's definitely not a plot point it's okay it's like a character study where it's jumping between all these different characters and and it's just taking place over the course of three days of like a stressful time and seeing how these characters interact with one another and I love that. I will say, though, that I don't know if the supernatural stuff that happens is uh, real. Because every anytime it happens, Riggin is on his own, except for at the end. The only thing that, like, well, keys it in... What's up? Sort of. There, There's, like, situations where, like, he looks... Uh, like, I, I would say that, like, for example, right at the start of the movie, he looks up while the the guy who's supposed to be like mike takes over his position as a central person in the show but like before mike takes over the guy gets a a light dropped on his head from the top of the studio or whatever so michael keaton's like saying that he's responsible for it like that is up to interpretation as whether or not you think that that's true you know but this is what i'm saying is is like i don't know i don't know it's so but that, it's but really I'm, that's a situation where other people were in the room and experienced it, and it's like you can even see in that scene they built out Michael, like, like or sorry, not Michael, Riggin, to like look up during the scene, like he's staring at the light, and then stares at the guy when he's like, "I was just trying to give you a range, you know," and then the thing falls on him, the light falls. Okay, on but him I also think that that could be interpreted with him being frustrated. I think if you're, yeah, yeah, I think it's obviously supposed to be like the body language isn't supposed to give away the fact that he's trying to psychically bring down a light to hit this guy on the head yeah but that's what ends up happening and you could see him staring at it the whole time too so it's like and a little he, bit of both but i leaves. honestly I, I do think that Reagan had some supernatural powers i, I think, I think or so at least too. not canonically like maybe if this is supposed to be a real story no but like well maybe i don't know it's hard to say because i think the ending very explicitly states yes something is up you know, it's funny because she looks directly up, but like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's I, I think that they are real, but they're not supposed to be central to the story. Yeah, I agree with that. Real or not is is of no consequence, basically. 
It's just kind of <laughs> like a. I took it as as like us seeing Riggins like stress and his like uh, craving for admiration. I guess. Yeah. As mm-hmm. as it gets worse throughout the movie, he starts to display bigger and bigger like feats of whatever you want to call it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like at the start he just makes like a like that little coffee mug fly across the room. And then he makes a thing right. rotate. But then like at the end where he's just like at his breaking point, he like starts flying through the city and shit. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. It it like it is very much up for interpretation and I think that makes it very fun. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any like favorite characters? When you look at the I think every single castles? character is fucking dog shit, but I also don't remember any of their names. <laughs> Wait, like you, you don't like them or like they're bad characters or what are you saying? No, I think they're great characters, but I don't think any of them are like Okay, when you say like, do you mean like would I actually hang out with them in real life type shit or <laughs> no? I, I, like, well, maybe just more like the characters that you're the most interested in. Oh, okay. I think a lot of characters, it's gotta be Riggin for sure. But also Riggin, like, it, like, uh, what's the other co-stars name? The girl, the blonde one, uh, Noemi Watts is Leslie. That's her. Yeah. Her. I thought she was pretty cool throughout. And I also thought his wife was pretty cool. Also, I thought it was like an interesting thing where she's like, you threw a knife in my fucking head. And he's mm-hmm. like, I didn't do that. Not on purpose, you know? <laughs> oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, like you're saying that that could have been something like that just came from the yeah. the power. And that's what that's what I'm saying is like it's it, it makes the whole thing so interesting because I don't think it's something that he controls if it was real or it might just be his mm. like internal psyche. I don't know, man. Fucking he, he actually threw the mug across the room and he's just visualizing mm. himself as using telekinesis. Yeah, that's fair. It was distracting that Amy Ryan played the, I, I've never seen her in anything but the office. And yeah. I, I was going to say that until I'd already seen it. Yeah. I was going to say, so seeing Amy Ryan as the ex-wife <laughs> and I was like, you're Holly Flax. And anyway, what are you doing here? You should be with Mike. What are you doing here? Yeah, um, but I was going to say that I think every character has such a strong personality and, for lack of a better word, characterization on screen because they're so consistent. Like, I love Edward Norton's character. He's a total piece of shit. But, like, the character that they've built out, this person who's, like, an actor and nothing else like he doesn't know how to exist in the world outside of being an actor but when he's on stage is when he feels real is such a nuanced and interesting person to put in their world i, I love how arrogant he can be but how accurate he is with all of his shit when he comments on how a scene could be better or worse or what is the point of saying this why are you saying this like yeah he's really he knows good at his that. craft right and I watching someone who's like that the way that he performed it as well was so good. Like the first time that um, Mike and Riggin talk to one another and they're on stage or whatever, and they explore that scene that we, the audience had just previously seen already. And they like rewrite it in the moment was like amazing. I, I I was like genuinely like this, this, these performances are like the nuance there to play somebody playing a character and jump. So in and out of character between playing Mike and playing Mike's role like is crazy and a very impressive. Yeah. You're not wrong. It is very, very interesting to see. I think it's interesting how every single character is just kind of fucked up in their own way too. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's no like good person in it. They're all no motivated by their own. Well, I, I, I'd say Sam is pretty good. No, but why, <laughs> bro? Sam is just she's not good or bad. She literally just exists. But she's but that's true neutral. Like no no no. But Sam has baggage that I feel like is kind of affecting how other people see her. But she doesn't act on it, which is good. Like she she is like dealing with everybody else being trash in the best way that she can without being like 
totally on the aggressive, like bouncing back at them, you know? I think I get what you I, mean. I really appreciated how she responded to, like, later in the movie, right? Her and Brigan get in, like, a conversation or he finds out that she was smoking or whatever and rips on her. And then her, like, counter to that, I mean, you could see that as, like, kind of short and mean or whatever, but, like, is so on the nose. Like, nails Brigan for, like, why, like, you, you care so much about being famous and having your, like, time in the light, but, like, everybody else in the world doesn't have that or is competing to even be near that, but that's not yeah. good enough for you. And I was just like, damn. Yeah. I think it's really, uh, I... like well-written and well, like thought out and like actually philosophical and like makes you question shit that I really like. I agree. There's one thing that I don't think the movie. Okay. It, it's weird because I, I give credence to a lot of people like, uh, What's the guy's name? David Fincher. Because yeah. they write realistic dialogue, if that makes sense. You know, when his okay. characters are speaking and when there's a conversation going on, it sounds like something people would say in real life. This is a normal conversation between normal people. Like, I can envision this wasn't written by, like, a screenwriting room or whatever the fuck. What is it called? Yeah. Screen room? Write room? I don't know. Writer, writer's room? <laughs> writer's room. That's what it is. This movie doesn't necessarily have that. And I think mm-hmm. it's on purpose. And if it's not on purpose, it works <laughs> because all the characters are like monologuing and every single line of dialogue and every single piece of conversation feels like it's on a stage play, if that makes sense. And the example that I can think of is um, when they when you first get introduced to Mike and he goes in and he like tries to get fitted for this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and he has that conversation with his girlfriend. That is not how normal people converse, you know, where he's like cutting her off and it's like in tune to the music and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and the other example is when Mike and Sam are playing truth or dare on the roof. Like yeah. the way the conversation flows isn't natural, but it works in this movie. We talked about that, that a little bit with like the matrix, right? Yeah. Because The Matrix is written in a similar way where it's more supposed to be, like, poignant and poetic than yeah. it is supposed to be humanized dialogue from, like, a realistic situation. For and, sure. like, the nature of this show, is, I mean, not show, I keep calling it a show because I don't know what else to, like, it doesn't feel like a movie in, like, a it's normal sense. It's very unique. It, yeah, right? It, the nature of it is supposed to not necessarily just communicate a story, but, like, give the audience this feeling of pressure and like the underlying drums throughout the entire yeah, the film, percussion, right? Holy shit. You're supposed to notice the lack of drums and certain scenes and notice that characters are really saying shit. And it's like the movie doing its thing in the background to tell you, Hey, fucking listen to what we're saying now. Yeah. Listen to what this character is saying. And then like, it'll go back into like naturalistic, like Zach Galifianakis will be yelling about money to rig in or whatever. And you'll hear the drums come back in. And it's like that ebb and flow doesn't let up. Nobody gets it. Like the audience for sure does not get a break. It's jumping back and forth between all these people seamlessly making like two hours feel like two minutes. It was short, but it was. It, it did not feel like two hours. <laughs> it did not feel however long it is. I don't even know. Like I'm actually curious now. It's uh, exactly how long it is. Two hours, I think. 120 minutes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Two hours, and it felt like none of that. Yeah. But it's because it's bouncing through all these like varieties of characters and situations, and none of them are so extreme or whatever. It's just like really interestingly written and poses good questions, and like I don't know. I was really there for the philosophical shit, man. I love when they talked about like the nature of art and what it means to be famous yeah. and like what Dude, I was searching for that looks like, like man. I was going to touch on that. Well, I was going to ask specifically about how you felt about like the ending where uh Tabitha is all like, you know, I'm going to fucking not give you a good review in the bar. Yeah. And yeah. when he accidentally yeah. fucking kills himself, you know how there's always like a reverence for like the uh, how do I say this like the haunted artist, right? People I think, think... I think it's funny that you use rever- rev- reverence for that Why? word as well. 
Why? Because of the whole like Revenant thing. This not scandal, but like the discussions about what it took for Leo DiCaprio to win his his win his uh, Oscar. How you like? Wait. Okay, there's the whole thing about when he did the Revenant, he won an Oscar for it. But involved in doing that was him starving himself out and taking yeah. physical pain to be yeah. yeah. So it's on par with what you're saying, right? That's so exactly star, what I'm the saying. The haunted artist putting somebody through pain in order to appreciate the. I mean, we talked about this with Whiplash. Yeah. Right? Where some people think of that as the only way to generate true art, and it's like other people think of it as, you yeah. know, this I don't is, know if we uh... give credence to it or not, or whether the performances were genuinely good because it was his last time or something. This huh. is our Avengers episode. All of our all of our episodes are connected. <laughs> We've already brought up Whiplash and The Matrix. Yeah. What's next? My favorite part was when they passed the Smithsonian from Night at the Museum 2. That was pretty funny, too. <laughs> um, anyway. I... I think it's a really good movie, and I agree with you. The whole philosophical shit. I love media that explores art, if that makes sense. Yeah, like ask questions about in like a meta sense of what it means to be in this method of storytelling. Yeah. Like how does oh, – in this sense, it was kind of like putting on plays and whatever. It wasn't necessarily about movies, but it was still about like putting yourself out there for art. But what yeah. were you saying about like the the, the haunted artist thing? Like, yeah, your yeah, yeah. Interpretation so of how Tabitha she, she gives him a good review at the end because he almost right. kills himself, right? Is that what you think? I yeah, because that's what she says. Does she not say that like, you know, people needed to see some shit? Right. I think actually you're right because I didn't interpret it that way, but then I forgot that when they read the newspaper in the hospital, it she says, says, she's like, like, this is what American theater has been missing or something. Yeah. Yeah. The the literal thing is something about blood being spilled on stage, both like actor and role or something. Yeah. Are intertwined. And it's like, I I'm, I'm conflicted because I do think, that and this is I hope nobody fucking takes this the wrong way but I do think that trauma breeds good art but I don't All think right, anybody we got deserves... him boys here we are it took us 56 <laughs> episodes we finally got a clip we could cancel Hashim with it's done the trap has been set and for once it has sprung we're here yeah anyway, go on. sorry guys you know what <laughs> Van Gogh sucked that's all I'm saying <laughs> Um, Poor yeah. guy. That is the most of the haunted artists. That is that's like what I'm the, saying. the that's what embodiment I'm saying. of the haunted artists. That's who I was anyway, going to use yeah. as, as as the example because like everybody always mm-hmm. says that you know ultimately his depression was like a good thing and his like feelings of inadequacy because you know he made such phenomenal pieces of artwork and he all yeah. he did all this stuff. But it's like not for him. It was done to- <laughs> To give, yeah, to give us the art or to sacrifice for his art that we can appreciate or whatever. People love a martyr. And I think the same (laughs) can be said for art, too. People love it when, you know, you go through physical stuff for your Uh art. I was going to say, I feel like that's why a lot of the people that work in the arts are always mistreated a lot. People view it as like a, a badge of honor, if you will. You got to get fucking 80 hours of work a day to prove that you like struggled so you can make actual art. You know what I'm saying? I I don't think of it the same way, but you're right. Like what you're saying, I agree with. But I don't think of it as like a badge of honor thing. I think of it as a company or system or whatever will exploit the fact that you love the craft so much. And that you'll yeah, do it right. for 80 hours a week and whatever. It's same with video games, right? Like, because the person is so, like, personally Invested. attached, yeah, to the good itself that they're producing, they're like, fuck it, yeah, you theater people, you can work 90 hours. Who gives a shit? Oh, you're directing a movie? Yeah, we'll work every Saturday forever and pay you for none of it. Like, oh, you're a PA on a like a series set like ah we don't need to pay you just fetch coffee for 90 years in hopes that you'll get a role someday like it's it's like it's that. bad they and i, I exploited I, you're, it you're 100% right by the way i just think like the justification for it is that people view it as like necessary if that makes sense i don't even know if like you know i don't even know if that's generally the case anymore like i don't think anybody would go out there and overtly say 
or, I mean, some people would do like some people, like the bootstraps people of the world will say, yeah, if we don't beat our PAs, we'll make worse movies or whatever. But like <laughs> you might be right. I yeah. do think they did like attitude. The general consensus shifting. is that all of this is shit, but no one's going to change it or no, the change is slow or whatever the excuses usually are. All yeah. That. But anyway, Dorothy smoking 80 packs of cigarettes on um, Wizard of Oz <laughs> was a good thing, ultimately. Do you think that Regan, Regan, sorry, was happy with the outcome that Tabitha presented in the paper from like the final, the like final thing of the show? What do you mean? Not show. Like, what, what do you think? So the ending is that he, he, he takes a gun and shoots himself on stage, right? Very clear. I think we can agree he was trying to kill himself. He wasn't yeah, trying he, to. Yeah, 100% was. He failed, right? And that's even like the joke at the start of the movie. Like the first line of dialogue we see from the play is someone talking about loving something so much that they he tried to kill himself, but he couldn't even do that right. Yeah. Like I vaguely recalled that, and then I went back and watched it, and yeah. It is exactly like a play where in Act 1, the chorus fucking tells you the entire plot, and then it happens, and you still enjoy every minute of it. But anyway, definitely tried to kill himself and failed, right? The outcome after that was that Tabitha then appreciated the play and would, in all likelihood, the play would then go on to do very well, right? Would that be Riggins' ideal outcome? Do you think he was happy with that? I do, yes. Because... You do? I think... Okay, I, I think Riggins is it has reached a point where he doesn't really care about what he has to do he just wants to be recognized for the art that he's made and like he doesn't want to be forgotten by the world remember when he talks about like you know if him and george clooney were on a plane together and they both fucking died nobody would know about him (laughs) yeah the saddest thing in the world would be that sam sees a headline that george clooney died right yeah Yeah. i by the way such an interesting way to put it no but that scene is phenomenal because He's talking about this with full conviction and you're seeing the like him, his justification yeah. for why he talks like that. And then when the camera pans to his ex, his ex-wife, Holly, she yeah. looks like <laughs> devastated. Like this is not yeah. like it's like you're looking at a that's, sick person. It's it's literally because like the that's what I was saying at the start of the show, right? Where it's like the the characters are so consistent in the world. Like yeah. Regan is motivated by personal accomplishment. He does not give a shit about like the other things in the world. Everything else is tangential. He tries to be a good dad, but cares more about the, you know, whatever, the, Standing the personal accomplishment. Same with Mike. Like Mike being on stage cares more about the role than anything else, than being a good person, than being likable, than being whatever. It's like that being the through line for the character gets to some really interesting scenes like when the ex-wife brings up this like the daughter and all he can do is talk about his own death as a reason for wanting to do the show not actually caring about his daughter as much right my fan theory i guess and at least my interpretation of the ending because it's very ambiguous um it is is that like i think that the way that we're supposed to see it is that that final Birdman sequence that everybody knows and remembers from this movie. Oh, by the way, the fucking blue green screen in this movie is shit, right? Yeah, it's not <laughs> for that whole, It doesn't hold up too well. But anyway, like the green screen sequence where you see Birdman exploding in the air and launching rockets and tanks firing and army men running throughout, right? That is supposed to be this commentary on our Hollywood, uh, like, uh, not fantasies, but like interests. The movies yeah, that do it's well like are just what like blockbusters this- are. Yeah, poppy blockbuster bullshit, right? And, you know, telling him to ditch all the philosophical shit. None of that shit matters. And it kind of, like, reconciles with, like, Riggin. I think thinking that, no, this is different. Like, this show that he's doing is not just to, like, capitalize. There's a reason he turned down Birdman 4, right? Like, he's doing this for the sake of art, not for the sake of... Or he's telling himself that he's doing it for the sake of art. Not for the sake of like recognition or whatever, right? Do you know what I mean? I I, I like, think so. I also think I'm I'm thinking about it now, and I think you're 100 percent right. Um, yeah. Like I, I'm what I'm saying is that he's convinced himself that this is not Birdman four. This is something more than that. This is the art I'm giving to the world, and I want to be famous for it. But like this is me putting art into the world that I nobody else can make or whatever. You know, I'm just trying to say that he's producing yeah, yeah. something that isn't poppy bullshit 
Birdman 4, right? But what I think, the last part of the interpretation, right? What I think the movie does such a fucking funny thing with is that even with this, like, completely authentic presentation he's trying to do, his final curtain call to fucking kill himself on stage, right? He fucks it up, shoots off his nose, and then becomes, like, and that is what catapults him into fame, right? So in the efforts to not produce Birdman 4, he has physically turned himself into a representation of Birdman and goes to show that even in his attempt not to do that, he has become Birdman 4 and been catapulted into fame. So it's like it wasn't about the fucking art he was producing. It was about the fact that he almost died or whatever, that injury. And that same sort of shit that audiences love is what has catapulted him into fame. You know I what agree. I mean? No, I th- no, I, I think ma- that that makes a hundred percent sense. Him sitting on his fucking hospital bed, like peeling off the bandages and seeing himself as a bird with the mask and everything is just so like you're just meant to laugh at him. It's like tragic comedy. Like it's like that's so he tried his hardest not to become this. He rejected the movies, rejected the easy paydays, and still fucking became Birdman Four. And I think that's so funny. <laughs> it's so tragic and funny. I love it. Couldn't get enough of it. That's my fan theory, at least. Okay. I think you're right. By the way, I like no shot mm-hmm. that the movie doesn't because because. Okay, okay. Let me let me let me try and express this as best as I can. I think the start of the movie, where there's like mm-hmm. Birdman and Riggin talking, is Birdman is supposed to represent what the audience wants, and Riggin is supposed to represent what Riggin wants to make. If that makes sense. So yeah, audience for the being le- some pejorative term for like what Hollywood wants. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. what sells tickets? Blockbusters. Yeah, and so. There's always a conflicting view of both, which I don't necessarily think is justified. I think you can make a blockbuster that is, you know, a good movie. I do mm-hmm. think it's faded a little bit, but that's neither here nor there. And so I think the entire plot of the movie is Riggin fighting to make the art that he wants to make and like the make mm-hmm. like tell the story that he wants to tell. Because you can tell that this Ray uh What's his name? Ray Craven? Ray Carvin? Ray Carver. Ray Carver's Ray Carver is the reason he became an actor. So this story is near and dear to his heart. But it's also not going to sell tickets because it's on fucking Broadway. And Broadway is not as big as a blockbuster movie. And so the mm-hmm. anytime he's having second thoughts about doing the play, Birdman comes in and is like, you should have just fucking been an actor. You should have been you know, in Birdman 6 or whatever. At mm-hmm. the end, he does. He gives the audience what they want indirectly because he almost fucking yeah. dies. And so I think that's exactly what you're saying. That, that was literally the interpretation yeah. that I was going to say before. So Right? And it's, it's like, it's, it's so fucked up but funny. It's a good movie. I also completely forgot that Zach Galifianakis was in this movie. I'm not going to lie. He does great, too. Like, Zach Galifianakis, I mean, he's a genuinely, like, excellent actor. Like, okay, this movie's not, I think it is a comedy. I think I would put it in that category, right? I think so. There's a lot of funny interactions and funny scenes and whatever. But that's not front and center. They're not telling jokes. It's like funny shit happens and the characters react in funny ways. But, like, they're not being slapstick (laughs) about it. But Zach Galifianakis is really, again, like, brings that character so much more energy than just like the guy who's petty about money and wants to know the bottom line was is being met or whatever yeah. right there's a really good scene halfway through where uh Riggin just goes off like completely demolishes his room right like everything's destroyed and shit's broken all over the place and like zach as jake just walks in and is like hey buddy you good <laughs> it's like he's <laughs> like oh yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good it's like okay okay and you're going to be out in like five for the, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the performances on both sides were just like so perfect. And it's just like a comedic, like masterpiece without anybody telling jokes or saying anything. You just know from context. It's funny. I love yeah. that. I die for that. Yeah. It was a good movie. I yeah. think, um, uh, okay. There's one joke 
and I don't even know if it's a joke, but it's when, you know when Mike and Riggin are fighting? Yeah. And Riggin, like, gets on his back, or I think Mike gets on his back, and he's like, I'm going to fucking crab walk you <laughs> something, and I completely <laughs> lost my shit. Because I was like, what the fuck is going on? Also, Mike is a piece yeah. of shit. I just want to put that out there. I want to say, you know, oh, Mike is a whole piece of attempted shit. rape thing. Yeah, that wasn't great. No, but I meant like no, in that general. Wasn't. Oh yeah, I mean he's like, but the, the the thing that I have. Okay, first of all, Mike is not a real human being, so I'm like that's know, what man. I'm going to use as my defense know, for man. like that fact that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, saying, you're on a slippery slope him, right now. Not, you're gonna justify I'm some not shit that you to can't go back because he's not a real person. I'm, you're about to justify to some shit. You're about to justify. I'm just, I'm saying. just saying that I like I like the character. I like him a lot. I think oh, he's you like really the rapist. <laughs> this is what I was trying to get past. This is what I'm trying to say. He's not a real character. I do not fucking condone nor like that was despicable. <laughs> Whatever, right? I don't want to have to qualify these sentences, Hashem. Fuck off, right? <laughs> But the character is really fucking unique. I've never seen something like the, the the fact that he can only be on screen and like the Edward Norton's like performance of that is so like, I don't know how to put it. It really like took me back because I don't think I noticed acting in a lot of like movies and television or whatever. I could tell when it's bad. And for the most part, when it's good, I can just appreciate it. And it'll take like monologues or really heavy scenes for me to notice it. But like Edward Norton in this movie kicked me out of it multiple times with how I was like, how the fuck can another human put on a performance like this? Like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like some of the, the, the way that he talked with like Regan and stuff and the way that he was convincing or like the way he talked with Tabitha, it's just like, really he, poetic he has a different and like persona within right but it's not like he has the he's not he's not embodying the character that he's playing he's method acting a good actor if that makes sense right i don't know how else and to express it, it but it's indistinguishable like even the the way he says his lines and everything it's like indistinguishable yeah. from a genuine interaction with another person maybe the writing like you said is a bit like poetic and prosy or whatever but like him performing it i you can't draw the line from where the acting and the it's i don't i don't know i just whenever he was on screen i found myself not being able to picture somebody with a camera filming him like it, it was yeah. just a person interacting with another person being filmed right it, it's I, I and i don't see that very often but i felt like especially whenever he was on stage or whatever or talking about or like just before on stage mixing it with on stage like it was light and day and i thought that was like i don't know really good <laughs> compelling for sure this is a good movie i'm glad you picked this movie right I, I I didn't I just remembered seeing a headline on it or something or maybe scanning past some Reddit thread or something and I was like that is a good movie I haven't seen that in a while and now going back and watching it like you know I honestly didn't remember the plot at all yeah. I just remember enjoying it and now after watching it I'm like wow that's like really good that's it's like really really, really good, good yeah that's like I mean it, it, there's a reason it won Oscars and shit right I guess that's I, I guess it tracks so. The Academy knows what they're doing. Yeah, I guess so. I guess the Academy knows what they're doing. <laughs> I and I, I that's to say, like we've talked about all the performances and stuff, but like, bro, the the fucking the soundtrack is is excellent. Is bumping, bro. <laughs> Holy shit! It's so good. It's I don't need music all the time, Marvel. I don't. You just give me hype shit when the scenes are hype, and I'm there. I loved it. I loved the subtle like it was literally like i've never surfed before but it was like surfing you know what i mean you know what you know how composers are usually very good with a lot of different instruments Um, yeah i want to say it's this movie where the composer was a drummer and that's why there's a lot of percussion in the background because he was utilizing motherfucker there's no other instrument there's just like a there's a what's it called saxophone. This is jazz. There is no saxophone. 
Bro, there's, there's no saxophone, bro. Trust, bro. Trust. I want trust. you to find the scene where there's saxophone and clip it. I will it send, send it to you tonight. I will send it to you. I never thought about, like, I never acknowledged or noticed it, but most of it was just, I'm not even going to say most. I am confident that there is only drums in this movie. All right. All right. <laughs> Maybe I'm capped, though, but I don't know. I think it's just made for this, like, air of stress and, like, kind of constant like deluge of like shit to do and characters to get all in the right place and whatever that made it feel stressful but not in like a uncut gems kind of way but more in like these characters are gonna have a stressful time not like i'm physically sweating in my seat yeah i agree the stress comes from the actual environment as opposed to from a specific character which i think is a difference Right, and I like that there isn't, like, a looming threat or something hanging overhead or no, like, Seriously. mortality being called into question. Tabitha really fucking just about... summons Thanos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just mean, like, with Uncut Gems, you have people who are going to kill each other, right? So you're worried about characters who you like dying or characters uh, wait, you Wait, Uncut about, Gems? Whatever. I thought we were talking about Whiplash. No, I know. I, we uh, Whiplash? Wait, what? Did you not what? bring up Whiplash? I thought you said Whiplash when you were saying that that movie makes me sweat. No, Uncut Gems. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. That makes more sense. Either way, both 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 have like a well. I think uh, the stress in Whiplash is mainly like situational. Like it's not the entire movie. It's like mainly near the end, right? But the the stress in Uncut Gems is just a constant and unending feeling that is similar to the one in in like um birdman but not exactly the same like i think birdman has this like it doesn't call into question mortality right there's no character who's going to kill someone with a gun or whatever you're worried about and anything like that is kind of a twist that's brought into the show it's mainly just about them putting on a show but the constant interaction and fast talking is what makes you feel like there's a lot going on in the world and there's not much time to do it in and i think that's i don't know novel I think so. I mean, maybe not. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've watched enough movies to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. They, this is all going to be some referencing some movie from the 40s that neither of us have seen that's in black and white that's exactly like this. But seriously, either way, I really enjoyed it. And you mentioned the cinematography, like the whole like single shotness of it. And I think that just makes it really pretty. <laughs> I, I agree. It, it also it's, adds to the tension, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I always the thing about like establishing shots and like, you know, full set views is that you have an idea of where everything is. So you're never really surprised unless the director wants you to be or the screen writer. I don't know. Um, I did. I it like the movie just makes me feel claustrophobic because you're always in this tight ass hallway. It's great. It's really good. Yeah, and it's like intentional about that. But even like the moments that you would have in a normal movie where you'd have establishing shots like you're saying or like uh, shot reverse shot when characters are talking, those are like safety moments because you know that like nothing's going to happen. What we're doing right now is dialogue and there's not going to be a gunman who runs in one scene and kills somebody or something. But like with the camera always in motion, it's always unknown as to where a character is going to walk in from frame or whatever it's like constantly changing and and that kind of adds to that level of tension but like honestly just as its own i love the idea of single shot camera shots because i think it makes like it makes me feel like what i'm watching is entirely intentional it's not just like oh we need to shoot a scene to get this dialogue across so that they can go on to watch the big fight at the end you know yeah they purposefully put this scene in and put it in a way that they needed to get a single shot out of it. So how do we do that? How do we make it interesting for them to watch? Like all that thought has been put into it. So yeah. Good movie. Great film. Yeah. Do you want to rate it? I do want to rate it. What are we going to use? Prop um, guns. Although Chekhov's prop- gun, Chekhov's gun. <laughs> I like that it was just pulled out from the back. I, I think it was so fun. Like, not fun, but like, I love that he just pulled it out at the end. It yeah. was never established. It wasn't like a Chekhov's gun thing. Um. Know? Okay. Wait. Hold up. 
Or are you saying uh, because they reference it earlier? Like, because they yeah. say, get a real gun, all that shit. Mike comes in and he's like, it's fucking stressing me out. I'm not threatened by your gun. Get a real one or get a better one. Yeah. Is that, is I mean, that, is that reaching? You're probably right, but it's not like Chekhov's gun was on screen. I think it was kind of cool because that happens early on in the movie such that you can forget about it. Yeah. And they don't build up to the fact that he's taking a real gun. He just fucking grabs it, and then you spend the next 10 seconds watching him load it and getting panicked about you knowing what's going to happen in the scene. <laughs> yeah. And then he does it. And, like, and then the fucking shot of the audience, us, our analog, clapping for it is just... It's, I don't. It's like a masterpiece, man. I don't it's know. Good. I fucking it's yeah. Good. It's pretty good. It's, it's pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> anyway, we should rate it. Prop guns. How prop many prop guns. guns out of twelve? I'm gonna give it a twelve out of twelve. I'm gonna give it a twelve out of twelve as well. I yeah, think that's this is, pretty definitive. It's a fucking damn near perfect movie. I have nothing it's bad so to say. So good. Yeah. I mean, the only thing is that some of the scenes are hard to watch, but that's also just because it's like men are shitty, especially yeah. some men. Like me, yeah. am I right, fellas? Yeah, fuck men. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, I do want to talk about the Batman for a little bit. I'm oh, right. Happy. I forgot we are doing that. That's a good point. I am very happy. That's it. Well, I'm why done. don't we do the whole, like, sign out, give everybody yeah, our yeah, let's do that. whatevers. Right. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you also got to pick a next movie for us. I do. So I have a couple so... of picks. Uh, you have to decide. Do you want something, like, light and whimsical? Or you gotta be like fucking dark or something introspective. Like, what do you want? Why does this guy always gotta present a bounty board whenever he's trying to give me his movie? He's like, because, what are you? Bro. What are you feeling? How much gold do you want? What are you How, feeling, what bro? Are you to... What are you feeling? No. Just give me a movie, whichever one you want. I want to do the movie that you want to do the most. All right, I want to do Knives Out by Knives Out. Yeah, by is Dwayne Johnson? Rain Johnson. Oh, okay. I was I Ryan? was gonna say, is that I Ryan? Know. I don't know. Okay. All right. Cool. Knives Out. That's a good movie. That'd be fun. I feel like I know that you love this movie, so I, I'm excited to talk about it with you. I can't wait for you to shit on one of my favorite movies, which I've been saying a no. lot these days, and I want to fucking stop taking it back. <laughs> what do you mean? You're I like, said it about this movie too. Yeah. Well, it's a good movie. <laughs> it's fake. Anyway. It's fake. Yeah, I mean, if you say your favorite movie is one that won an Oscar, you're pretty much just a like a you're just a shill, shill at that point, literally. Yeah, it's kind of disgusting. Eat the slop, sheep, pig, disgusting. Yeah, you like Hollywood movies? That's exactly yeah. what I think about you if you say it. <laughs> anyway, so um, that sounds good. Knives out for the next movie. Yeah, and uh, to sign out, Hashem, why don't you hit us with the the plugs? So, you know, you can find me at the hash if you want. I don't really tweet. And, uh, you know, you can find Leander at Lee and her. I think he tweets. And every time he does tweet, it's a fucking banger. Uh, you can find <laughs> our editor. Ages. <laughs> yeah, but you always respond to stuff. And I think it's funny. Um, you can find our editor at Default Bird. And she's always dropping bangers, too. I don't remember what her latest tweet was, but I'm telling you. Shit's doing numbers, bro. It's doing numbers. And uh, what are what are we called? At Jump Cut FM? Yeah. You can find our site at jumpcut.fm. And our editor also has a Etsy store. Let me see if I can remember this. Etsy at dot .bluemoonpaper.com. Or is it bluemoonpaper.etsy.com? You got it the second time. Is she it? She doesn't have etsy.bluemoonpaper.com. But... <laughs> I don't know how websites yeah. work. What the fuck do I look like? It's like the bottom. It does like a cake. You only get the topmost layer of the cake. You don't get the bottom of the cake. Etsy.com is the bottom of the cake. So you get Etsy.bluemoonpaper.com? No, she doesn't own Etsy.com. She gets the top layer of the cake. Bluemoonpaper.etsy.com. Oh. I'm trying to make this as simple as possible, but you're not understanding it, so we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> this guy said you're too much of a fucking idiot. You're so too much of a fucking idiot to appreciate. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. And that's everything. If you like uh, the Batman and you want to hear us talk about the Batman, stay on for a little bit. We're going to chat on it. Hopefully quick. Hopefully nothing you'll miss. But Yeah. It's good. Go All watch right, it. Hashem. Yeah, go watch it. Go watch it. It's in theaters right now, but we both saw it, so, you know. Yeah. Privileged life and that, all that, whatever. Do you Go remember 
how a couple of episodes ago, I don't remember when it was, where I was yeah. complaining about Batman. Or maybe yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. we just we just talked about this like in person. No, it's definitely recorded at some point about your yeah. fucking aversion to Batman punching people and you're like, My Batman I... uses hooks and shit and it's like you're crying about it. Bro. And then we I coming out of the theater, man, I literally thought you would hate this movie. Why would I hate it? He doesn't kill a single because person. Because it's he... just dark Batman punching shit. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. This is a Batman movie where Batman learns the value of life. The motherfucker doesn't kill a single person. And he starts the movie talking about how he's vengeance. And he's just going to beat the shit out of people and like bring Gotham into submission. And at the end of the movie, he's a beacon of hope. He's literally holding a torch and leading people out of the darkness. What more do you want? <laughs> I, I like I get great. I get the idea of it is that he started off on the vengeance arc like this is supposed to be the the same arc that Spider Man Andrew Gar Andrew Garfield Spider Man went on in the last like uh whatever Spider Man movie spoilers for Spider Man whoops I didn't mean that but anyway <laughs> you know that character who's supposed to be dark and then turning light like this is supposed to be that story right I get that. I, th- I I find myself on the defensive, like I'm going to say this movie is bad in any way, but it's not. It's a good movie, and I liked it. I just don't think it, it did anything special for me. I I really enjoyed it. And, like, the, the cinematography, let alone. I think, like, every time someone's asked what I think about this movie, I always say the shit is stylish top to bottom. It yeah, is a 100%. joy to watch. But in my opinion, that plot is shaped like a upside-down roller coaster. It should be ramping up and then dropping at the end, like the best part of a roller coaster. Like, you know, build up, steep drop, right? And then a movie ends. This one is fucking upside down, where it's like it starts off great and then, you know, builds and stays up there and then deep drop in the middle, where I couldn't care less about maybe the middle, like 30, 45 minutes, right? And then it picks up at the end. And that, I think was the only thing that I felt like the, it, it gets it gets dry and repetitive and it's just like oh we couldn't find him go to the next clue we couldn't find him go to the next oh like you know Selena Kyle's not doing things the right way the Batman way oh but we like her oh but Selena Kyle's not doing things the Batman way it's like because it's so that- Kravitz that's why we like her <laughs> and no other reason also I will say this I'm not yeah. really a big fan of Catwoman usually. I think she's a very annoying <laughs> I think character. her costume is awful, and I think every time I look at it, it makes me upset. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's a valid criticism. But I will yeah. also say that outside of the animated universe, this is probably my favorite version of Catwoman. I could see that. She actually is like a genuine character in this, yeah. and I think that's like well done to some extent. I mean, I kind of forgot the fact that she was like, after vengeance along with him up until the end. Like she talks about that in the beginning, but then there's a big section of the movie where she's not present because like the plot's not about her right now. And then when she does come back in it's like, Hey, remember me? I was trying to kill you. It's like, I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I guess. I don't know. I thought it was great. I think you're wrong. I think this is the perfect Batman. (laughs) Um, sucks. It's an interesting Batman, but I like, it doesn't make me okay. Like if I put this in a, Batman is supposed to be this... Or Let's not talk about what Batman's supposed to be, right? In this movie, Batman is presented as a detective, right? Okay. And I found it frustrating that he never... Like, the detective thing is prominent. He's following leads. He's the head of the police and whatever, right? But the Riddler never poses a real challenge. Threat. More like he just knows more... Okay, how do I put this? He does pose a threat. It's It's more like... All the riddles and situations the Riddler presents him with are trivial. They're not decisions. He knows exactly what he has to do. You know what I mean? Like a car running into a fucking church. Like it's not like, oh, you know, choose A, choose B. Not a high stakes situation. Like the the obvious thing for Batman to do is obviously save the people there, disarm the bomb, whatever, right? Well, I mean, every single time it's presented as like, yeah, but like it's not, there's no decision there. No, there, there's no there is. complicated. The, remember thing. when the the guy has the bomb strapped to his neck? Yeah, that's like the quintessential Riddler puzzle, like that you're talking about. I'm assuming where it's like there's lives at stake. If you, it's not like you're sending him to the next clue. You have to solve the riddles in time, or somebody's gonna die. 
You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, but the, there wasn't any there wasn't any stakes there. Like as in the riddle, the Riddler didn't do anything. It was the guy not wanting to give up the information and in, instead choosing to explode because of the in shadows crime boss. We're gonna leave ambiguous. You know what I mean? But it's so good though. It's so good. <laughs> See, that's what I can't like. If you think the second, like the second Batman movie, right? Dark Knight. Sorry, from Dark the Knight. Nolan series, right? The this is exaggerated and this is very comic booky, but like the boat, the two boats with each other's bombs is like a really interesting situation to put Batman in. He's not in either boat, but he needs to stop them before the humans take action against one another. And I think that's like something along the lines of what I expected the Riddler to do and what it seemed like the Riddler was going to do, but never really happened in the movie. Like I even thought maybe at the end with like these bombs are going to explode and something's going to happen in the city. That's column A and column B is some other choice, but no, the bombs just exploded and Batman reacts. Batman's always second step to the Riddler, to the Riddler. Like the Riddler's always ahead of him. I, okay. I, I get it. I think yeah. the situation, of the, first of all, there's an argument to be made for the dark Knight being a better movie. I'm not saying that it's not, but I don't, I don't even know if it is necessarily either. Like I, I'm not saying it is either. I'm just pointing out like something I kind of would no, have no, wanted I, I, I from the Riddler. I, I, I character. get what you mean. I get yeah. it. It's like, it's you're drawing like a, a parallel. I get it, but I'm saying like yeah, yeah. you there, you could make a case for either movie to say that it's the better Batman movie. I think the mm-hmm. Nolan movies are much more realistic. They like stick to like the well within reason. There's a fucking <laughs> tank. You know what I mean? It's still a comic yeah, book yeah. movie. A but school bus much... pulls out into a line of other school buses directly going past a bank heist. <laughs> like it doesn't. It's yeah. not not exactly. <laughs> It's just comic book physics, but it's like, you know, Nolan tries to ground <laughs> it a little bit. And oh, I, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I this movie is mm-hmm. fucking balls to the wall, and I love it. But I will say that in both cases, I think Batman still has nothing directly to do with the plot or with the villain's ploy, if that makes sense. You know, uh, if anybody on the boat decided to blow up the other boat, Batman had no control right. over that, right? He just had to have but faith. But it still would it still would have been his fault. Why? What? Like in 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 the sense of it being a movie with the villain being Joker and the protagonist being Batman, any lives that die on either side from a situation the villain presents can be a result of the hero not stopping them fast. Oh, enough. so you're of the camp that Batman should kill Joker. No. What? <laughs> How is that what you're interpreting from this? Well, I mean, I'm as saying long as that Joker's if, if somebody dies antics. in the flood, if somebody dies in the flood from the end of the, this Batman movie, right? That is a life that Batman. It, I I don't. I'm not saying he should feel responsible, but if it were to be presented that he feels responsible for those lives, I would agree with that. Oh, like, I, okay. That would yeah, be okay, fine that's storytelling. Fair, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. I, I misunderstood. He can take that on himself. Yeah, I thought it's like in, in like a holistic sense. Is one person responsible for saving an entire city from like a bang of incels, a gang of incels on the internet? Probably not. <laughs> but well, like, he did it almost? No, he did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I also think that this movie. I like that this movie addresses the whole. Well, if Bruce Wayne was real. He should give to charity by like making the charity shit. So that was nice. <laughs> that was also an interesting thing. I liked. I think I did. I think I liked that they complicated Bruce Wayne's history. 100%. But I didn't like... I, I Okay, I remember feeling this. Uh, you're, you're making me recall my emotions in the theaters. <laughs> I remember thinking, fucking bullshit, when Alfred pulled it out from under him, that like, oh, no, he was actually good. He just trusted a mobster once by accident. And I was like, come on, man. Like, you had a really interesting, nuanced story here that you could have told with... The first time ever that Bruce Wayne has like a, you know, troubling past with the relationship with his parents, where they're not just wholesale good people who died. Yeah. Who you can use as like a martyr in his own head. Right. And I was like, holy shit, that's really good. That's a really interesting question to pose to Batman. Like, you know, his motivations are vengeance. What if the people he's vengeful for are pieces of shit? And then it's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's fine. It was an accident once. And I, I like don't want that to be how they resolve it, but it seemed like they're not going anywhere with that anymore. With no, like, I, I I get what you mean. You, yeah. I, I, I thought you would agree on that. 
at least. I, I, I just, I think that's part of his character arc that I talked about at the start, where he's not necessarily only yeah. seeking vengeance. He wants to be a symbol for the city. And I think that right. starts with that conversation with Alfred, where yeah. he's like, I can't just worry about the past. I have to worry about not losing something that I care about ever again. You know, I thought that was nice, mm-hmm. but I agree with you. It is, I, it is kind of, it gives more, it gives more nuance to the character. Right. And, but and not even like that. I want it just because it'd be darker or something, but like, I think even in the world they were building out, it made sense. Like everything yeah. tracked, like the reasoning or whatever was all, yeah. yeah. Like he's rich and he wants to preserve that wealth for his family. Like it makes sense. His life was taken unexpectedly. So it's like, you know, all could it be involved with like a crime syndicate. Right. But then just Alfred explaining it away with like, oh, it was an accident. Like that feels lazy. And like, I didn't believe it. And like the only reason is just so that he has a clean slate. Like, I think they could have gotten to where you're talking about with like, you know, how how better to ditch vengeance than to realize that you were misguided the whole time, you know? But for Alfred yeah. to be like, nah, you ain't misguided. Just grow. And he's like, I'll grow. <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> but again, like this movie... It's good. It's really good. It's really good. Um, I I don't think of it as anything similar to any of the Batman movies I've watched before, though. Exactly. It's it's very different. Exactly. This is what I'm saying. Look. It's not cookie cutter, which I think is why you're very into it. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's not even about cookie. Listen, if every Batman movie was like this from now on, I'm fucking on board. Everybody has th- I'm going to summarize my issue with like recent Batman in like two sentences. Everybody right. loves the idea of Batman being a crime fighter and nobody wants him to save any fucking lives. I want my mm-hmm. Batman to go in and risk his life in a fire and like do the thing that Sam Raimi's Spider-Man does. That's what I want. That's what I want my Batman to do. It's nice and simple. It ain't that difficult. <laughs> What a weird specific niche to take. Like the idea of beating a crime lord or whatever and getting them out of the city isn't indirectly saving lives, but you want him to directly be. I want him to directly the... save lives. Yes, I'm not looking at the <laughs> okay. Punisher, bro. If I wanted a Punisher story, I would read the Punisher. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I like that. But that's fair. I, I mean, yeah, you do get that in this movie. And, like, they're very overt with their symbolism and stuff. But it's done well. Like, him waiting yeah. out with the lights and everything. It's done really well. And by God, like, the cinematography and the style of this movie is excellent. The shots that make Gotham look gothic and yeah. just decrepit and disgusting with, like, cobblestone streets. What the fuck? It's 2021, but everything is cobblestone streets in this movie. I don't know where they took that, but, like... Dude, 2022. uh, What is it called? Wayne Manor, the oldest building I've seen in my entire life. (laughs) Goddamn Disney Castle. What the fuck is that, bro? In the middle of New York City. But (laughs) that just builds. It's raining the entire time. There's not a storm cloud. The the sky is just red. I don't know why why the sky is red, but it's it's just red. Aesthetic, bro. And it's raining. It's just such an aesthetic. And then what is the only time the sun gets through the clouds? When he's helping top people. of the rooftop. Yeah. The helicopter when he's helping people. It's like overtly there, but so beautiful. Like so good to watch. It's like, ah, I, I like Everybody the movie. I'm, I'm not going to have a hot take that it was bad. It's absolutely no guardians, but like, I don't know. It's no Wait. infinity war either. Wait, I'm saying it's not bad. Like guardians that did kind of sound like I was putting guardians on a pedestal though. I take that back. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. Um, but this is a good movie. Everybody should watch this, and everybody should go watch Guardians. Leander is wrong about everything, <laughs> and he has never been right. Um, you know fair. what? Birdman is shit. Don't watch Birdman. <laughs> and I I know I mentioned it at the last episode or whatever, but I think it's funny that Michael Keaton then got cast as Vulture, and I think that's I do just think it's really poetically. Funny. 100%. Poetically hilarious, especially considering the ending of this movie yeah. is just how fame catapults you back into menial Hollywood churned bullshit. And that's yeah. exactly what he did. I mean, Batman, Spider-Man was good, but like still. <laughs> Not as good anyway. as Birdman. Not as good as Birdman. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, we uh, got to sign for off. Sitting around for our, yeah, our bonus Batman bit. 
Uh, yeah. I will be Gotham's Reckoning or whatever. That line? <laughs> I'm vengeance? Bro, I creamed immediately. Immediately, bro. But, okay, I will say, though, that I think it's funny. I think I would have liked watching this movie not in theaters. Because I think the fact that theater people didn't laugh at some of the funniest performances bro, I've seen on screen every single, actually every single physically shot. upset me. Like, I was laughing to myself, and I felt loud. And I, if I was watching it with you... Just in a basement, it would be so funny whenever Penguin's on screen. Oh that motherfucker God, cracks so me up funny, every bro. time. Bro, he's he a cartoon no villain. <laughs> he literally he's literally is. just a cartoon villain in this like dark gothic ass fucking uh, setting. It's so funny. <laughs> They're literally having a press conference with mid-arrest cops everywhere. And he's like, what did you say? It pulls out a gun. Like, what is this shit? It's That's goofy. So funny. And what? But nobody laughed. Everybody was like, oh, my Batman's serious and gritty. I'm not going to laugh at it. Anyway. I loved it. Sorry, that was supposed to be where we sign off, right? That's where we were building to? Yeah, oops. It's It's been been real. real.